Avengers! Hello everyone and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. I'm your director, Christian Buckley, joined as always by the Apex legend himself, Jack Martin. Excelsior, Christian. Good to be back with you talking Marvel's Avengers. Surprisingly, a lot of stuff to talk about the week before the next-gen and Hawkeye editions for this game. Yeah, we have, a surprisingly, like you said, a lot to talk about. And honestly, there's a chance that most of it's really positive, you know? (laughs) I I hope so. (laughs) uh, We will, of course, get to the new information regarding the big update for Marvel's Avengers next week, because it seems like March 18th is going to be a huge day for this game. And we do have some MCU talk in the back half of the show. Uh, WandaVision's Assemble documentary came out, so we have some brief thoughts on that, as well as predictions for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But uh, before we do any of that, we will, of course, go over what's new this week with Marvel's Avengers. And uh, Jack, before we get into Fury's report, I wanted to ask, is there any other Marvel stuff you've been doing recently? Because the past few months, Avengers has sort of been my Marvel fix, but more recently, it's not hitting the bar that I need to for Marvel consumption. So what, what's been on your plate recently besides Avengers and WandaVision? Yeah, so after I finished WandaVision, I just wanted some more MCU stuff. And of course, we did a MCU rewatch for the first iteration of the show back in 2019, two years ago, Christian. Yeah, I know. Gonna blow your mind. It's gonna be two three. Years. Right? Is it? Wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Infinity War was three. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So... We, you and I also separately did a 2018 <laughs> rewatch, mm-hmm. but not for a show. Um, so I started one again. I'm doing just the uh, release order. And I am pretty much through phase two at this point. I only have Ant-Man left. Nice. Um, of course, Ant-Man serves as the palate cleanser at the end of the phases. So mm-hmm. got through Age of Ultron. Um, did you want me to run through my re-ranking here? Sure, yeah, go for it. Okay, so I have 11 movies here. I'm not including Ant-Man. Um, Ant-Man would probably tor- be towards the bottom. Not that it's a bad movie, I just don't like it as much. But at number 11 is The Incredible Hulk. At number 10, Thor The Dark World. Number 9, Iron Man 2. Number 8, Thor. Number 7, Iron Man. Number 6, Iron Man 3. Number 5, The Avengers Age of Ultron. Number 4, The Avengers Number three, Captain America, the first Avenger. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy. And number one, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Hell yeah, that is an excellent ranking. Um, Some things that have shifted. uh, In my previous ranking, I had Age of Ultron above the Avengers. Didn't hit for me when I watched it last night. So Mm -hmm. Avengers is back above. And Captain America, the first Avenger, surprisingly, has aged beautifully. Yeah, dude. (laughs) I think... I think it's because the arc we get with Captain America, you mm-hmm. just go back and see it happen. Um, just, just stuck with me a little bit more. So that's that's my favorite phase, phase one movie. What about you? You've been you've been watching these movies. Yeah. So uh, my girlfriend and I decided to do timeline order because we've never watched it that way. Um, which is mostly the same. There's a few notable differences. Like I've already watched Captain Marvel. I'm only a couple movies in. Uh, so I've watched. Uh, the first Avenger, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Iron Man 2. I have Incredible Hulk ranked. I haven't watched it yet. I have to watch that by myself because I know she does not want to watch it. <laughs> but um, That's fair. 
so currently last place I have Incredible Hulk, fourth place is Iron Man 2, third is Captain Marvel, second is Iron Man, which surprised me not having it at number one, and mm-hmm. at number one is Captain America the First Avenger, because I agree with Hell you, yeah. that movie is pretty good. <laughs> it it feels classic yeah, it's weird. in a way that I didn't anticipate on this rewatch, because my thought of it beforehand was like, oh, yeah, it's a fun Marvel movie, right? It's like mid-tier sort of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I Something about it just made it feel like a really classic action-adventure movie, mm-hmm. and that really stuck with me. Yeah. I think alongside that, my biggest shock so far is that Captain Marvel really does feel like a Phase 1 movie um, in, like, yeah. a surprisingly authentic way. Like, it, I don't think that's a bad thing about it. I just think, like, it fits so well with these early movies, which is just surprising considering it's one of the more recent ones. But Yeah, it... I think... Marvel sometimes struggles with, like, the setup movies or, mm-hmm. like, the, I guess, origin stories mm-hmm. um, for their characters. Like, I don't think any, except for Guardians, um, I don't think any, like, origin movie is, like, placed high for me. Um, I'm not including Black Panther because that's not necessarily an origin story. But, right. yeah, I- I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. Um, that that movie has sort of fallen for me throughout the um couple years since it released but i think it's still a good movie yeah i think it's good like most of the mcu i think is good i don't think there's really any like bad bad movies like there's some that yeah. aren't great but uh yeah I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how the rest of it shakes out and of course we'll probably update it as the phases go on here but um why don't we dive into avengers for the week marvel's avengers that is with theories report this week if you want to hop into the game if you're grinding out these characters to level 50 <laughs> Because, like me. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'll, we'll get to it, but I absolutely dove back in. Um, mm-hmm. The low power level is Condition Green, which is the Hulk iconic quest. Uh, if you're hoping to level up somebody, I think Hulk has to be on the team at that point. So consider your options if you're doing this one. High power level is Up From The Depths, which is that really cool Black Widow mission that like gives you a completely new area in like Canada. Do you remember that? Kind of. It was I like so. there was like an underwater base that like rose out of the ocean or something, and then you just have to go down all these deep layers. Oh and yeah. It's like such a distinct hallway from like all the aim stuff. Like I keep forgetting that that mission's in the game, but it was a standout for me when I first played it. I thought. Yeah, it's sad because those standout areas are oftentimes locked behind a high or low power level so you that like mm-hmm. if you'd want to replay that you really can't so yeah. that's kind of sad uh the harm room challenge for the week will net you captain america number 313 from 1986 and jack what's up with the marketplace this week yeah so there's a few things so overall they kind of did a reskin of the marketplace in a way did you notice this i did yeah so um, instead of just popping in and seeing, like, a couple skins up top and then there's some nameplates and stuff, it's mostly all skins when you first pop into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, like, the legendaries up top and then you have some on the bottom. Um, I noticed all the ones I had on the bottom I just already had. Um, I don't know if, if that was just me having all those or 
whatever it was. But yeah, so on a base level, they sort of redesigned how the marketplace actually looks. Um, yeah. In terms of standouts, uh, we have here the Iron Man Prometheum armor, mm-hmm. which is uh, essentially like fire truck red Iron Man, right? Um, and he has these two like little things sticking out of his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, skinny Iron Man in a way, or like there's skinny Iron Man. There's like in the mid between, and then there's like the the bigger Iron Man. He's like in the in between state in this uh, Prometheum armor. Um, not ne- not necessarily something I would get, but I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I I like it. Um... I, I again I know it's a comic accurate skin. Uh it's cool that they're continuing that trend. Um I I think it's interesting that I feel like more often than not when we go over the marketplace, the ones that get, you know, visually distinctive skins is Iron Man, which I guess would make sense, you know, cuz that's his thing. He has a new armor like every time he shows up to sell toys, like even the comics do that, right? But yeah. Um it, I, I thought it was a cool-looking one. Um, I, I did see on Twitter this week, um, we some people were bringing back up the uh, Tetsuya Nomura, like, Play Arts Kai figures of uh, Marvel characters that Square Enix produces and sells through their Play Arts line. And mm. um, those have character designs for, like, Iron Man and Captain America and Spider-Man from Tetsuya Nomura who designs a bunch of Final Fantasy characters he designed the entire Final Fantasy 7 cast he designs all the Kingdom Hearts characters like he has a very nice style and I I think it's just so interesting because this suit gets close that's why I bring this up this Prometheus suit reminds me of his design for Iron Man which again I'm so surprised they just haven't had him come over or send over some designs and then just make skins out of them or just scan those toys because like they're really distinctive and they're cool. They're cool looks for these characters. So I, they already own the rights to them. That's the other thing. Cause it's square. So like, I, I hope that after all these weeks of momentum with more and more comic accurate skins that we do start to look towards other avenues, including the MCU and, for me and uh, the Final Fantasy dorks out there, like myself, the uh, the Tetsuya Nomura designs. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, go for it. Um, with those pre- pre-existing designs uh, mm-hmm. from the fin- fantasy um, artists, like you, what you said. And also just, I'm a big Apex Legend, Legend shill, of course. Yes. We all know this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if the artists at Square Enix and Crystal just want to, like, get funky with some designs like make their own um i think that'd be really cool um Mm -hmm. to see especially around seasonal holidays like Mm -hmm. put a put a jack-o'-lantern on iron man's head it's gonna be cool yeah uh the other thing i noted also was um the skins that you said for some reason you think you already had that entire bottom row was the pre-order skins you know like the the classic looks for uh the characters that you only got if you pre-ordered Mm-hmm. so we've reached a point six months post-launch where they've decided to list those um i i'll say the highlight i think out of that group i really like the hulk skin there because it's the purple pants and like the tattered shredded lab coat like just hanging on hulk's shoulders i really like that skin 
Yeah, I think I immediately put that on him because I was like, I need a green Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I did. Because that thing. was like hard to come by at first. And I was like, OK, this is the only one. So here we go. Yeah. And it's like it's a green green. It's not like a muted olive green like the standard Hulk is in that game. Right. It's like mm-hmm. you got that Hulk pop. I appreciate it. Yeah. Saturation up to 120 percent. Exactly. Exactly. Zack Snyder nowhere to be found around that skin. No. <laughs> Well, uh, why don't we dip into some stark realities for Marvel's Avengers, because as we teased earlier at the top of the show, next week, March 18th, is seeming to be a huge day for Marvel's Avengers, Jack, and I believe it might be a make-or-break day for this game. (laughs) Yes, uh, cautiously optimistic about what's to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's two definite things to look forward to, of course, with next-gen and hawkeye coming out that day mm-hmm. um but we also got a little tease for what's to come do you want to talk talk about that sure well uh we do have a why don't we start with this because this like puzzled you i remember you texting me you're like why didn't they do say this last week the yeah. uh the campaign replay is also going live on march 18th so that is launching in tandem with hawkeye the next gen update as well as, uh, you know, all these changes to XP, you will be able to do, I don't know if they're framing it as New Game Plus or if it's going to just be a standard start from wherever again, but uh, you will be able to play the Reassemble campaign once again as of next week. Right. So, yeah, like what you said, last week I was very confused why that just wasn't a feature they were going to include with the next-gen version. Mm -hmm. Turns out it is. Um, I think my thinking behind this, and we were talking about the XP changes um, from last week and how that was like a big uh, communications push and describing what that would be like. And we were immediately afterwards, we found out through a developer live stream that, or like a few days after that, um, the campaign would be replayable on March 18th. And we were like, why focus on the XP and not focus on that? Eventually they did. Uh, it was just a confusing mess. So it's it's good to see that that's coming in. My thought process of why they didn't announce that earlier is that that probably came down to the wire and they got it done just in time. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't see why you wouldn't have announced that at the Hawkeye uh, war table. I yeah. think that work was just being done down to the last minute and they got it in. So good on them. Um, I will probably be replaying that at some point in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I probably will too, you know, because I, I do love a lot of the moments from that story. Um, the other thing that was teased and I believe leaked through like some sponsorship thing, um, custom harm rooms have been confirmed to be coming next week with, again, this whole wave of updates. Uh, the way you're going to be able to customize them I believe it's sort of how the Harm Room Challenge Weekly sort of features different modifiers and uh, things like that. It doesn't seem like you can change it to make it like an infinite horde mode like a lot of people would like to see from the game, but it's a step. You're still going to be able to earn XP from this, I think, but you won't be earning any like boost. There's no way to like you know how sometimes with level creators, you can make it so, like, you'll just earn, like, 10 million XP? Yeah. You're not going to be able to do that. Right. It's it's not a Tony Hawk pro skater situation. No, that's exactly what I'm for five minutes. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what came to mind. Yep. 
But what what do you think about this? Because I know you and I briefly discussed this uh, off air because this leaked a couple weeks ago and it seemed inconsequential. Now that it's official, do you have any other thoughts about it? It's not something I was necessarily looking for. It's a nice addition. Mm-hmm. I hope I can boost some challenge card stuff in here. Um, that would be something that, that would make me really excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, because typically with Marvel's Avengers, they'll announce something, whether it's the game or uh, a DLC or something, and then we don't necessarily know what it actually is going to be like until right. we get our hands on it. So this is another one of those situations where I don't know what this is actually going to look like until I mess around with it on March 18th. Um, but if I could jump in, uh, change some modifiers, maybe even specify what enemies I want to be facing off against, um, and I could bring in Hawkeye and do some challenge card stuff in there, that's cool. That would get me in every day. Yeah, what's interesting, though, Jack, I'm trying to fact check this. I feel like I read, like, Gene Park or somebody talking about this, and I, be- I think they said that for some reason, the custom harm rooms, you can't play multiplayer. Yeah, that's which true. Which is baffling, because, like, I've played with one of my friends from home. I've played Avengers a couple times, and when we do play, it's like, hey, you just want to knock out some heart room stuff to, like, level these characters. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's just baffling. I don't get it. It's a single-player game, Christian. It is. It's a single-player game. You mm-hmm. want to play with your friends too bad. Go play Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But... Which has a better roster of Marvel uh, characters at this point. Yeah, yeah, it really does. But... Uh... Another thing that has come into the stars aligning for March 18th being a huge day for Marvel's Avengers is a new presentation series from Square Enix debuting again on March 18th. It is Square Enix presents a recurring series that will be seen throughout this year. Um, You made the astute observation that the uh, advertising for this looks like a concert announcement. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> this looks like a Boston Calling poster. Absolutely. It looks really cool. Or like a Coachella poster. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, before we dive into this, mm-hmm. what is it with next week? Why is everything coming out next I week? I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's like how a couple weeks ago there was just news on that one day about mm-hmm. everything. That's happening next week, but like content is dropping. It's bizarre. Yeah, because what we got... We got Hawkeye, we got the next-gen update, we got uh, this Square presentation, we got the Snyder Cut, we got Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, I think there's probably more stuff, but it's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. So what I do appreciate about the announcement of this is that they're being pretty transparent about what to expect there on a Square side. Uh, It seems like it is focused on their Western titles, like uh, Tomb Raider's 25th anniversary is going to be present here. Outriders is going to show up. Marvel's Avengers is on this roster. Uh, I think Square Enix Montreal is supposed to show a new project. Yeah, they're debuting the next uh, Life is Strange as well. Yes, So, and they've also given a runtime, 40 minutes, or 50 minutes, I think. um, Yep. That, that's what to expect, right? So on one level, it's like, hey, good communication. You're getting this out there. But we see Marvel's Avengers on this list, Jack. And I'm sure very much you had the same reaction. My mind is racing. What the hell are we going to see here? Yeah. Uh, it seems like the way they're phrasing it is, well, the direct phrasing is, see what's next for Marvel's Avengers at this present. I actually think it's what's to come. Because I, I wanted to 
make sure I got the phrasing right. Okay. Because I think what's next and what's to come are two very different things. You are absolutely right. <laughs> that Those are two very different sentiments on a marketing lingo. Yeah. Because cause part of my initial thought mm-hmm. of... At first, I thought it was what's next, but I think it is what's to come. Um, yeah, it's okay. I have the tweet pulled up here. Tune in, Square Enix, blah, 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 for a look at what's to come. Okay. So, what's to come, I think, implies multiple things. Or I think it implies a strategy of content release. Okay. And I think it's a bigger, grander scheme than hopefully just hey here's the spider-man dlc because that's where my mind went first i was like they're gonna get us excited and they're just gonna show off spider-man i think hopefully this is the wakanda raid or some sort of substantive multiplayer content i am inclined to believe that because one i i did first my reaction was okay black panther raid of course and then I was like, well, it could be Spider-Man. Uh, if Miller's accurate with their information, which I would be inclined to believe that based on their track record, Spider-Man's next. But I do wonder if Spider-Man would be reserved for like a state of play or something. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like a tease. Because again, this the way this game has been marketed has been very strange. So maybe like we lead with a tease for Spider-Man and it's like, okay, well see you at some state of play at some point but i do think we there's a chance we see black panther finally because again that was supposed to be september when they showed it and revealed it um an announcement of the raid whatever else that's been working on under the surface like i don't want to say a roadmap but i think there's a chance for what's to come that we could see like hey black panther is coming to the game Maybe two weeks later, we're adding this Wakanda expansion to explore his character and give him a story, and it, it ties into a raid prep or something along those lines. I'm inclined. I I I don't want to get my hopes up, but I think that is likely because what's to come implies like something we don't know yet, right? Hawkeye's gonna be out that day. Uh, presumably the update is happening at noon the latest you know and this event Mm -hmm. is a couple hours later so i don't think they'd be like what's to come let's talk about hawkeye again you know (laughs) like yeah um it this implies of course what's to come in the future uh and i don't think we would get a roadmap per se but i do i have a feeling we get a couple things Mm -hmm. whether that's spider-man and black panther or if they just want to take black panther and separate it as you're getting the black panther uh story content and his character as well as the raid and treat that as separate things um and then maybe say after this raid we're gonna have more raids to come like this this is the next step for marvel's avengers um and we're introducing that with black panther and the raid i think that's that's where my mind goes i think that's the most like, when, when I think of what's to come for Marvel's Avengers, it has to be Black Panther at this point, right? It's been teased yeah. and leaked uh, 
for a while now. So that that has to be coming very soon. So I, I would hope it's that. And I think I would probably forgive them for not talking about it in the Hawkeye War Table. Um, because if this was in place when it was, that would make sense for them to hold off on it. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think that because obviously this didn't, you know, they didn't come up with Square Enix Presents overnight, you know, um, they did, I think they did a similar event, either over the summer last year or an E3 or two back, like they, they're no stranger to having their own event. So, like, I think in this post, or, like, leaning towards post-COVID age of, like, hey, we're still acclimating to everything, they want to have this safety net of, like, hey, Square Enix Presents should be a label for us, like, Sony has State of Play. So, like, this is not an, an idea they just came up with, I don't think. Right. And yeah, this, is, this has been brewing for a few months, probably. Exactly. So, regardless of how it met expectations or not, I think Avengers was one of the biggest games of last year, right? Like, I think that's a, that's accurate to say. Yeah, in terms of conversation, 100%. Yeah, in terms of, like, conversation, marketing, uh, initial reception, like, there's a lot of factors where it did, and it still broke sales records, it's just a matter of, like, living up to what Square was projecting. Um, right. I, I think you want to have something from one of your biggest launches of 2020 in your you know um christening of this series right like you want to have something to represent as much of your titles as possible and i don't know if the choice for that to represent marvel's avengers would be hey you own a playstation this is what you're getting right like i feel like they'd probably want to service the greater community and i think since black panther has been like MIA basically since September we're all expecting him to show up randomly it would make sense that's like okay now show him you know even if he's not coming until after Spider-Man just say hey what's to come Black Panther a raid multiplayer content and um a promise of hey we'll 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 see what happens next you know we're listening to the community still and we're reworking gear hopefully by the end of year 1 we'll have a big 2.0 update like that kind of thing right like i think those expectations while we were burned at the hawkeye presentation right now they're not really painting expectations anyway so i think it's more fair to have those now so what makes you walk out of this excited and pleased and what makes you walk out of this disappointed um if it's just spider-man uh i i think i'll still be happy because i love spider-man and being able to play a Spider-Man in this game will make me excited, but I know that's not what this game needs right now. <laughs> you know, like long-term seeing Peter Parker Spider-Man in this game is not what I want or what the community wants, you know, to like make us happy. I I think to make me happy and feel good walking out of this presentation, I need to see the raid or just like, you don't have to like show me the gameplay of the raid, I guess, but just like, like a cinematic maybe of like T'Challa fighting people and then Tony Stark's next to him and they're just blasting away stuff and then they see Claw and it's like the the Mines of Wakanda raid coming in June or something like some representation 
of a huge multiplayer raid with Black Panther and a window, as well as, I think, maybe throwing another character to us of just like, hey, this is the next on the docket. Don't know when it's going to be ready, but like Carol or She-Hulk or something like that. I think on that level, I'll be satisfied. Yeah, what 100%. About you? I think I'm with you. If it was just Spider-Man, I would <laughs> feel very disappointed. I don't think that's likely now that I think about it. And yeah, I think you're right. They would probably do either state of play or just their own war table for yeah. that. This, I think there'll be more eyes on it because it is just the greater Square Enix lineup mm-hmm. rather than just like a very focused audience. So I think I would be happy if they detailed Black Panther and Wakanda and the raid in sub substantive way. I'm thinking it's probably going to be a like three to four minute trailer or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm because they are confined by the 40-minute runtime of this whole thing. Right. So I don't think we get, like, a talking head being like, hey, it's me from... I, I, although this could be a possibility. It could be someone saying, hey, it's me from Crystal Dynamics. Here's what we're working on. I think mm-hmm. it's probably more like just a trailer. And then a disembodied voice saying, get the Wakanda raid at this point in time. And then that's it. I think it'll be rather short, but I'm hoping... I'm hoping for at least multiplayer and that for me would make me happy in the form of uh, the Wakanda raid. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the point of like, there's more eyes here because that's just factual, right? Like, I don't know what the numbers are for those live premieres of the war tables. Like you and I are there immediately, of course, but um, you know, I think despite this being a, an Avengers game in terms of the games industry, there's a lot of Tomb Raider fans that are going to see like, Hey, what's up with Lara Croft's 25th anniversary meanwhile while they're watching this you want to show there's reasons to be excited about this avengers game right so and i think it's like that for a handful of other uh fans of all these other square properties being shown off you want to sell avengers and i think what you're saying is correct like you want to show something that promises like hey this game does have content this game does have reasons to play with your friends it does have a future and well, I think at this point, the minimum would be to make me like happy and feel good would be Black Panther and the raid. And I think you would maybe sell people with that, too, because everybody loves Black Panther, right? Like if you see if you have an average fan of Tomb Raider who's like sees Black Panthers coming to this game and it's going to be this huge expansion, like that's an enticing thing, especially if this game is like 20 bucks right now. Um, I, I do hope that because there's all these eyes and because they haven't shied away from just like confirming things it would be nice if we get one more little thing of like hey this is who is next it's not coming for a while but here's a little tease like the way that we got that black panther medallion tease right yeah yeah i I think it's entirely possible we get that trailer and then maybe like a five second tease of someone yes. like walking out of the shadows or something. Uh, that'd be cool. Um, my, my mindset is I wasn't expecting this at all. Mm-hmm. Obviously they had this in the works. Um, and that's probably why we didn't hear anything about the future of the game. Um, when they announced or when they did the Clint, uh, war table. Right. So 
Um, I think this has the potential to alleviate my fears about this future of the game. Um, at the same point, in a lesser state, I don't think this will actually happen, but this could also just double down my fears on this game. If they just come out and talk about Spider-Man, and like what we've been saying, there are more eyes on this, and who's the most beloved Marvel character? Spider-Man. And they just put this out there, uh, a tone-setting Spider-Man trailer for this game. Buy it on PlayStation, best place to play, and that's it. I would, I would feel pretty burned by that, to be completely honest. Um, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that won't happen. Do you, do you think that's worst case scenario? Um, yeah, because I, I think like, true worst case scenario would be them just talking about Hawkeye, which I don't think they would do. Yeah, um, like what you said. Um, but yeah, I, I think worst case scenario would be either Spider-Man or a char- character with no substantive multiplayer content. Cause then that would just, that would just confirm that this game is just a complete single player game at this point. Yeah. And hearing you say that, I, I really doubt that's what we'd get, but I, that I feel right. like, you know, there's a world, I think there is a world where maybe they do just be like, Hey, Hawkeye's out, <laughs> you know, like uh i i think there's a chance it's not a large chance it's like a less than five percent chance but yeah i i guess keep expectations in check but i think it's fair to have high hopes for this especially after that last war table was you know i i think partly on us for expecting more out of it because they they did come out and say like hey we're covering xyz and we're like but also this right (laughs) yeah Mephisto. Yeah, exactly. Um, but here, it really... Unless they, like, put out some expectation setters this week, then, uh, yeah, hope for the best next week. Um, and uh, maybe by the next time we're talking Marvel's Avengers for next week's episode, we have a, a chunky conversation about this Wakanda raid and this horde mode that's coming to the game alongside, you know, like, that'd be exciting. Yeah, and I'll, I'll also be talking about the next-gen version um mm-hmm. hopefully and some initial hawkeye impressions so it regardless it should be a big week next week for the show absolutely because uh we're also going to be having some mcu talk next week because uh meanwhile we got a lot going on on the front of marvel studios oh yeah first up i wanted to just do a shout out here um do you look at set photos often um, I don't go out of my way, but they do pop up on my Twitter timeline. Sure. I, and I'm sure you saw, uh, like, the Star-Lord Love and Thunder stuff of, like, there's some Guardians. You, you probably saw those pictures a while ago? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Um, new ones this week stumble their way onto my timeline. Specifically, it was Natalie Portman. She Hell is yeah. built right now. Yeah. I was she, very happy to see that. <laughs> yeah. Those I did arms, not ex- dude. <laughs> Yeah, like, throughout Natalie Portman's career, she has largely remained that sort of same stature that she's always been. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, she looks, like, she looks real good. Um, mm-hmm. She is incredibly muscular right now. And it's it's looking like she's, I think, I mean, it's kind of confirmed that she's going to be uh, taking the mantle of Thor, or in some way or another. Yeah. So uh, she is definitely building her physique to 
match that. Uh, incredibly impressed. I was like, wow. <laughs> I <laughs> did not expect that. Yeah, I saw the pictures. I was like, Jesus Christ, that is Thor. <laughs> like that is. Yeah. That's exciting. I can't wait for that movie, man. That's gonna be such a good time. What a excellent title, Love and Thunder. I know. Plus, like, I I know we like briefly breezed over it, but like, seeing Thor with like the like the bright blue pants and like the '80s hair and like the the band shirt from those set photos and like Star Lord with the same sort of getup, like, oh man, it's gonna be so good. I was, oh. as I was doing my rewatch of like Phase One and Phase Two, you you get the sense that the these those directors didn't have as much agency mm-hmm. as new directors do in these phases as i think marvel has been more comfortable with giving more of the reins to directors to have their own tone and yeah. taika watiti is definitely one of those directors and it seems like with his second project he probably will also have more say into what happens in that movie so i'm i'm excited for his his tone to return and mm-hmm. just more of his direction so it's that's gonna be exciting yeah I, I can't wait for love and thunder but um what's surprising jack i i see i've seen this week a lot of people sharing that uh i believe it was 2019 uh phase four lineup mm-hmm. and it's just it's sad man it's sad seeing that in hindsight with all the dates yeah yeah because like WandaVision was supposed to be like the fifth project of phase four. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that put them in a, in a bad, not a bad spot, but like in a, it, it gave expectations to that show that didn't necessarily deserve it. Cause mm-hmm. e- even we thought about it this way. There's like, wow, they rescheduled this for the first phase four uh, project. This must have really big implications on the greater Mar- Marvel universe. And it mm-hmm. necessarily didn't really have those. Uh, yeah. so yeah it's it's interesting that that was intended to be like so somewhere somewhere like sandwiched in the middle of phase four yeah because the other thing too is i think uh wandavision was supposed to be gosh when was it i think it was like maybe december of 2020 and then march of 21 is when we were going to get i think multiverse of madness so that would have been like an immediate payoff of that post credits right but right Gotta wait a year now. I think originally Love and Thunder, since we were talking about that, I think that was supposed to be like in November of twenty one. Also, like, it's it's strange. It's 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 sad, but what we have right now with WandaVision, I think, uh, was definitely welcome. You know. So. Yeah, I'm glad we got WandaVision when when we did. I think it was a really good uh, tone setter for Phase Four. Absolutely. So, speaking of that, assembled. The Marvel Studios documentary series uh, debuted this week, and uh, I watched it. I know you watched it. Mm-hmm. It is covering WandaVision for their first installment of Assembled, which, first off, I like that name for the doc- docuseries. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I'm this is episode one of Assembled, so I imagine every project going forward will just have an episode, or whatever ones they want to do it for, like The Mandalorian. Yeah. I would, I think we touched on this when it was announced, but I would really love if we can like cobble together some retrospective ones also, because uh, one of my favorite things from this assembled episode on WandaVision was seeing Paul Bettany in the booth for Iron Man. That was really cool. Yeah, I I didn't expect that. We got him with Jon Favreau. Um, Mm -hmm. 
yeah, that was that was that was really cool to see. Yeah, because I feel like specifically with the Phase 1 Marvel content, we don't really have a lot of insight into how it came together, you know, how it was assembled, but right. I feel like that would be super fun. I would love a a grandiose MCU documentary not developed by Disney. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of my issues with documentaries like this, where they are sort of self-produced, is that they tend to be clean and shiny and they never discuss like any issues that have happened um i didn't expect any issues to pop up with a behind the scenes documentary like this but um i think an example of a documentary that i love is um the director and the jedi about Mm -hmm. the last jedi and i think that was produced by disney but it was very it was a lot more um candid than i was expecting like mark hamill was talking about how he totally disagreed with Ryan Johnson and they really delved into that. Uh, so I would love, I would just love a infinity saga documentary. What happened? Uh, who are some of the players that we lost? Why? Um, like I think uh, Patty Jenkins, that would be an interesting topic to cover. I don't mm-hmm. think they would ever talk about that in like a Disney produced infinity saga documentary. So that'd be really cool. Sure. Yeah. Plus like going through, uh, phase one, I'm sure you've noticed this, and we talked about it originally in the first round of Excels here, just like phase one feels so different, and I completely forgot that the initial batch of movies were produced by Paramount, yeah. which is like such a different studio, right? Like, obviously, Kevin Feige still was like the main guy back then and is now, but yeah, just like I'm so curious. Even if they had to break it up by phases, I would love to see any sort of documentary about that. Because, like, I know Avengers had one about, like, assembling a universe that came with, like, my Target Blu-ray of Avengers. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's not too uh, expansive and thorough. But I I, I think for how unprecedented this entire universe is, I would love behind-the-scenes stuff about it. Because what we do have is not enough to satiate my interests i think in how it's produced yeah totally so um but in terms of the wandavision assembled episode there was a big focus i think rightly so on the first episode that -hmm. takes place in the 50s the dick van dyke inspired episode and uh, the fact that it was in fact shot in front of a live studio audience which i thought was great yeah that was that was probably the standout new piece of info from this documentary i had no clue that people actually showed up to watch that production um people showed up in like 1950s attire and that was good people behind the cameras and production crew were all wearing uh 1950s attire uh so yeah i you're right like they did mostly focus on that one for the majority of it because i think it was probably the most uniquely produced episode of the show Mm -hmm. in that it was all shot within those few sets that they had um but yeah it was it was really interesting and they talked about meeting with dick van dyke to like get his input on yeah. what those product like those old productions were like and it really felt like they put the time and effort to make it very authentic to that time period yeah and um i i was really impressed because i remember when we were talking about the episodes as they came out we were like did they get like the cameras they used from back then? Because 
so often, and I, I think you agree with me on this, so often with, like, all the movies we've had to watch through, like, college and stuff, when there's a filter to make something look old, it looks terrible, right? Like, you can tell it's a filter. Mm-hmm. Um, but in WandaVision, we were both pretty positive on how it looked, and, like, we were like, how did they do this? I, I wonder, then, if it really is just because they use those practical methods of production like authentically and that's why it feels authentic because they did use filters for the visuals like overlays right but it was right. those sets the the effects the costume design like all that stuff was one-to-one with how it used to be done and i think maybe that's why it feels so authentic that way that yeah the the production design of the show is like top notch um there was one line i was looking for like the technology behind what they were doing mm-hmm. um they someone did mention that they got some lenses some like old lenses for shooting so i imagine that probably played into like the 50s and 60s episode mm-hmm. um but yeah it, this this was a a cool little documentary um i was expecting a little bit more from it i don't know what but it was it was just nice i always like to just hear a little behind the scenes like what what was this process actually like so it was cool yeah um one of my favorite like there were a bunch of fun side stories too like hearing paul bettany talk about uh you know the meme that we've all been talking about recently of like oh he gets signed on to voice this ai then becomes this robot man that's died three times (laughs) like (laughs) um that was really fun uh hearing um elizabeth olsen talk about her progression as wanda was really nice uh, I, one of my favorite things though, uh, Catherine Hahn was talking about how she thought of Agnes like a blooming onion. <laughs> yeah. Like from Chili's. I thought that was very funny. Um, but one of the things that stood out to me was, uh, obviously the show had been impacted by COVID and more recently since the show wrapped, we've been hearing a lot of reports and conversations about how like the finale had to be changed a fair amount. Like, there was more stuff with Ralph. There was more stuff with Monica. Benedict Cumberbatch was actually maybe supposed to be there as a, a cameo. Like, I was surprised we didn't touch on COVID much. But again, like, you know, you've laid out why we probably wouldn't have. But um, I noticed, like, the 70s episode, I think, when they were shooting that intro, they had um masks on. So, actually, I think I might have just answered this question for myself. I was going to say... Did, were they still shooting, like, only that episode in the 70s when COVID was happening? But, like, they probably just shot all the intros at the end of production. Yeah, that that could have been it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the same thing happened with The Mandalorian, where mm-hmm. in that documentary for the second season, um, people were wearing masks when Rosario Dawson was on set. So, like, yeah, they, they, yeah the, I think the, the shooting schedule are, is just so weird for productions. I never understand how that would work um so yeah i i think maybe those were not like reshoots but like towards the end like what you're saying mm-hmm. get like the meat and potatoes and then just do um that sort of stuff uh towards mm-hmm. the end so yeah i i do wish they would have talked about the challenges of the pandemic during this production but i didn't necessarily i i was hoping that they would talk about it but i figured they probably wouldn't yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like, when I saw the mask, I was like, oh, it's coming. But, like, no, nah, not, nothing. Um, surprisingly, less of a focus on Evan Peters, as I was expecting, also. Yeah. I was um, I was hoping that Kevin Feige would talk about 
and he wasn't in here at all, I don't think, um, in a speaking role. Uh, I was hoping that they would talk about the sort of tease that they had with the audience with knowing mm-hmm. they would cast Evan Peters, but yeah, no no discussion about that. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know if you've been following any of those stories. Like, I haven't looked into deep recently, but I have seen a lot of you know, posts about uh, what was the original plan, uh, the director of WandaVision talking about uh, how things had to be changed for COVID. Like, I I do think that, you know, Phase 4 had to adapt. And um, I, like how you led with it, I think the show had sort of an unfair amount of uh, attention on it if, because of that. But... um. Yeah, I'd be absolutely interested in hearing more about what that challenge was like. Yeah, I know there was, I think there was a whole scene that was cut out of, uh, I think, like, the kids and maybe Vision trying to get the Darkhold that was just mm-hmm. not uh, included in the final uh, show. So, yeah, there and I think there were, there was speculation that Darcy, her role was uh, minimized even further especially in the last episode because of uh, the production issues they ran into. So yeah, I would have, I would have liked to hear about that, but I, it, I wasn't expecting this, this documentary to be as candid as like, other types of documentaries. Yeah. I, I think the shine of course was the production design because I think there's still a lot to mine there. Right. Um, and hearing the uh, inspirations, like learning about the, the intro music and the theme songs uh, it, it was really, really interesting. And we did get a lot of small, fun information that we've covered. Um, I, I didn't know that they had to, for the black and white episodes, they had to make Paul Bettany's makeup blue. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I saw uh, the night before this aired a photo circling, circulating around Twitter of him in the blue face. I was like, oh, Dr. Manhattan. There he is. Yeah. Um but yeah, I never knew that either, how like uh, 50s sitcoms, like the women would wear like blue lipstick too, so it looks red on camera. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, and uh, the director was, or I guess the showrunner was talking about the uh, the painted walls in the kitchen, and they I, mm-hmm. I was looking at them like, I don't remember these walls being that vibrant, but yeah. they made mm-hmm. it that way, obviously, to show up better in black and white. So very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it made me appreciate that episode a little bit more because mm-hmm. I'm, I, I didn't dislike that episode at all, but um, it's not one of the standouts for me, mm-hmm. but I do really appreciate the, the attention to detail that they just nailed. I think with the studio audience, with the costumes, production design, all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, that was, that was nice to see. Yeah, I guarantee that this show will be up for many Emmys when it comes to production design and all that. Totally. Um, you mentioned the music. I loved the story of the showrunner's, like, two friends that he knew, and he mm-hmm. just called them up, and he was like, yeah, we're thinking of doing these, like, this decade-hopping show, and they're like, that's, you got me. And they, <laughs> they, it was just these two people doing, like, the intro music for each episode, and I, I thought that was really cool. I didn't expect these just seemingly these two random people to just hop on a piano and make the signature sound for WandaVision. Yeah, lots of really interesting um, 
stuff on a production level, which I, I always appreciate, and I hope that moving forward, obviously, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is not going to have these layers of, like, oh, we had to replicate how uh, television was done in the 50s, but uh, I'm sure hearing how they adapt the Marvel Studios, um, you know, cinematic approach to a limited series is also going to be very interesting because they do touch on that slightly here, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier really is that, you know, how Kevin Feige pitched it. Like it's a six hour Marvel movie. So Mm -hmm. curious to see how that turns out. But uh, any final thoughts on assembled for WandaVision? Um, I thought it was a good little insight into the production for WandaVision. Uh, I I wish it was a little bit more candid, but I guess I shouldn't expect that going forward just because I, I know that, that's not what we're gonna get especially with like covid i don't think they'll ever talk about that um but yeah i'm looking forward to more little assembled episodes for each um project i don't think they've announced that they're going to do that for each one but Mm -hmm. i have to imagine for a decent chunk going forward they'll continue that trend yeah i i also really hope that even if we don't get retrospective ones that moving forward for marvel studios films we would still get them um yeah because i think that's a great way to have synergy right like oh black widow drops in may two weeks later after 90 percent of the globe has seen it check out the assembled documentary about it interviews with scarlett johansson about um you know what it was like finally getting her black widow movie and all that stuff um i, I think there's a really smart way to have that brand synergy that the the mcu does so well you know sure and disney plus exclusive content yeah so not that hard you know just have an intern on set recording everything and then you can just cut it together (laughs) that's all you need yeah but um of course wandavision wrapped up uh that was supposed to be a couple entries into the mcu phase four but i believe the original intent to start phase four was of course black widow and then immediately after would have been falcon and the winter soldier which is kicking off next week jack how does that feel um those two are the two normie mcu projects (laughs) yeah (laughs) um it's it's wild like we're, we're getting so much mcu content like week by week right like it's not letting up for a while and i think in part that is to make up for um well, of course, the lost revenue that they didn't get from last year, but also just we didn't have any MCU stuff last year. So um, this is to make up for that. So it's it's great to be back. And I, I finished watching uh, The Winter Soldier the other day, and mm-hmm. I'm just instantly and very excited for a follow-up to that Captain America storyline because I think that series of films is probably my favorite in the MCU. Yeah, I it's, you know, it it's always hard picking favorites. Like, I love the Spider-Man movies, I love the Guardians movies, uh, but Cap, I think, is the most thoroughly solid through line. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, very excited to see this pick up next week because um, I love Falcon. Uh, Sam Wilson, since he was introduced, he's been, like, my favorite secondary character in the MCU, and I'm glad he's getting elevated to be a primary character here um i'm excited to see him go through that journey and there were actually a couple quotes um in the news this week specifically with marvel.com of kevin feige talking about anthony mackie and sam wilson which um i'd like to throw out there before we get into some predictions for falcon please so 
Uh, first off, in terms of how Anthony Mackie came into the MCU, uh, Kevin Feige was mentioning that from memory, we just asked Anthony to play Sam. No audition. That's only happened a handful of times in the MCU. That's wild. Which, uh, yeah, like I don't, I don't know who else would have done that. Like I think Favreau was like, I want RDJ, right? Oh, probably. I mean, just think think of his background and Tony Stark's background. You know, yeah. like he, even if he wasn't asked to do that, like how um, Anthony Mackie was, mm-hmm. I think he is probably in that handful, right? That that they consider essentially they just gave him that role. Yeah, you'd assume, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know John Krasinski was almost Steve Rogers. Well, even I, I know there's that. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Tom Cruise was almost Iron Man, but that might have been, like, a studio thing, but Favreau probably had his pick. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was very surprising because, I again, I love Anthony Mackie. I love him in that role, but I'm kind of surprised. You know, they didn't audition Falcon. They just had a choice in mind. Yeah, that's 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 huge. I had no clue that was the, situ- the situation with uh, that character, but he mm-hmm. nails it. Um, again, I watched Winter Soldier the other day, and... He's excellent in that role, and I, I really can't picture anyone else in that role, especially with the seminal line, hey, Tic Tac. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, like, he's so great. I I wish we got, like, slightly more. I My biggest disappointment, I think, with Age of Ultron is just that he got shelved. You know, he was just, like, wasn't there for it. Um, yeah, I found that really weird, like, because yeah. um, War Machine comes in towards the end at Sokovia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Falcon, nowhere to be found. Yeah, very strange. But, oh, you know, uh, you know where he is? He's fighting Ant Man. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yep. <laughs> More important things to do. Yeah. But yeah, uh, absolutely love Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie. Uh, totally. The other quote that uh, I found very interesting that I would like to preface our predictions with is Kevin Feige talking about the idea of Sam Wilson becoming Captain America. Uh, he had a lot to say, you know, about uh, the comic origins recently of Sam Wilson getting the shield. But uh, specifically, he said, quote, all along we've been asking, where did Falcon grow up? Who is his family? We want to know more about this guy being thrown into this situation and handling it spectacularly well, considering he's just a man. That's what the show is about. This man, this black man in particular, in the Marvel version of the world outside our window. So I know you and I have talked about having lofty expectations for Marvel tackling the idea of what it means for a black man to become Captain America and hearing Kevin Feige, you know, the guy specifically like bring up that rhetoric the week before the show comes out. That makes me hopeful that hopefully our expectations will be met. Yeah. Um, this, this definitely makes me feel more assured in that kind of story that we're going to get. Um, of course this could just be Kevin Feige just saying that. And then what we actually get isn't necessarily, a deep look into what it's like being a black man in the United States and what um, that representation uh, for being Captain America as a black man means to people. I think mm-hmm. we will because I, I'm, I'm more hopeful because of Black Panther and because of this uh, line that he said, where I think they understand at this point that representation matters, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm glad he did say this before the show, and it, ha- it has me looking forward to a more complex sort of story than Marvel is known for. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for this one. Yeah. And I think, 
you know, having a limited series gives you every opportunity to explore something on that level of complexity, again, just compared to what the MCU's done in the past. Um, and I, I think specifically also, I've seen this conversation happen a lot too recently with Captain America and Steve Rogers in terms of like, uh, you know, propaganda and all that stuff. I think it's interesting seeing Steve's arc go being from someone who was like thrown into this role of literally being propaganda and then becoming sort of this, you know, tangential being of patrolling the world and being a, a light for the globe in a way that I think inheriting that, specifically the name Captain America for Sam Wilson, I think is an important story. And I think it's one that's very timely. And, you know, Anthony Mackie's also talked about what it was like, what this means for him and his, his children. And I just, I hope that I'm not let down because I, I also know that like, I think a year ago, maybe around the summer when black lives matter was really, you know, in a, a really big swing, um, Anthony Mackie made some comments, you know, around when John Boyega made some comments about how his experience was on productions, you know, and Falcon and Winter Soldier went into production after that. So hopefully they saw this opportunity as an avenue to really flesh out Sam Wilson, talk about what it means to inherit Captain America as a title and explore that in a meaningful way. And I don't think you get that out of a single movie in the MCU, but I think a show can absolutely handle that sure i think it'd be inc incredibly disrespectful if they did not touch on any of those topics throughout mm -hmm. this um especially given the state of the world that we're in right now in all the conversations that are just so constant um that we're having so i'm glad that kevin feige talked about that i'm hoping um they deliver on a meaningful story and mm -hmm. I, I feel like the mcu has been better with representation and diversity um throughout like phase one and two i i don't think they really had a good grasp on that and telling stories regarding um like issues of race and gender uh i think they're getting better with that i think black Panther was a home run um i think captain marvel was a decent um, I, I mean, I guess I, I can't really speak to it, but I, I think it was a decent look at representation. I think they could probably go a little bit step further of what it means to be a woman um, and a woman hero in the MCU. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they're getting better. And I think Marvel is clearly capable of telling compelling stories that are more than just action blockbuster movies. Um, so I'm glad that they are at least attempting to tell these kinds of stories. Yeah, and I, I think it's fair to have that expectation also because the comics do that all the time, right? Like, like in the, in the, what, the 60s, Black Panther was created. That name was chosen because of the Black Panther movement, right? Like, Marvel right. as a being has a history of, like, tackling rights like the or issues like this and civil rights and race and gender and sexuality. Like, they cover that stuff in the comics. They have, for a while, to varying degrees of, like, success, but... I think, you know, this is one of the highest grossing film franchises of all time. Uh, we're, we are reaching that point where they're getting more diverse. They're getting, you know, they're doing more research. It's still not perfect, but they are working towards that. And I hope that, again, you see this character take on this role in 
a world where all of this is going on and then in, within the MCU, they haven't really leaned into that much, right? Like Black Panther does cover some of the, those ideas, but there's every opportunity here, right? Like like you're saying, I'm glad Kevin Feige said this. Totally. So, But as far as predictions go for the show, um, where's your head at right now? Do you have like a guess of what the overall story is going to be about like are fans going to go too wild with it is this going to be more subtle because it's you know standard marvel fair what where's your head at with all that stuff i have no clue what this project is going to be at all mm-hmm. um maybe even like the same way i knew nothing about wandavision going into it i know that zemo is involved mm-hmm. i know that falcon and the winter soldier in it of course um, I know that there is the government, maybe Captain America, that they've given the you, title to this random white dude. Yeah, and, U.S. agent. Exactly. And I saw. I try to stay away from like trailers and stuff. I saw something came come up on my Twitter feed of Anthony Mackie's Falcon looking at the Cap Shield in like a glass case. I'm like, mm-hmm. how'd that get there? Doesn't he have that? Um. So. I, yeah, I, I truly don't know where we're going for this and where we're going with this, and that has me very excited. I love going into movies and TV shows knowing next to nothing, so I'm eagerly anticipating what's coming. What about you? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, the government has, like, there's been plenty of Marvel movies where the government are the bad guys, right? The U.S. government specifically. Oh, yeah. I think that we that potentially we can see a world where and I've had this prediction for what this series is going to be since like they announced it but the gov- like the US government hears that Steve Rogers passed on the title of Captain America to Sam Wilson I think they're a not happy about that uh for a number of reasons but y- you could play it in the angle of like hey no we want our blonde haired white guy chiseled jaw to be the face of america right and strip him of that title and then like maybe he has a part of that because i know anthony mackie's talked at least on a fandom side about like what the pressure of taking over captain america means for him so like i think we could see a parallel narrative there with like the real world fandom aspect of this as well as in universe the government not wanting this guy who was on the run with Steve Rogers, you know, Steve was all already not in a good light with the government at the point of giving up the shield, but also the issues of race they could touch on, right? Like, I think that there's an opportunity there of like, hey, you're not who should have this shield. We want our guy to have it. Whether right. or not he's cool with that or whatever, like, I think we're going to be dealing with that aspect of it. And eventually as the series goes on, you know, we're going to see a point where Falcon's like, no, this is who I am. This is my next step as uh, a man, as a hero. Like, I think that's probably the progression of the show. And Bucky's just there to help him out and, you know, be support, be his best friend, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll... So I feel like a lot of people look at Captain America and just think of him based off of his title alone and think of him mm-hmm. as like, People who, like, don't understand the character just think of him as, like, this representation of America, and he's just truth, justice in the American way, essentially. Um, right. 
and is just sort of a one-note character. But I think the MCU really goes a long way of, like what you said, starting off as, like, the poster boy of the United States in the 1940s and being a dutiful soldier. Um, and then, essentially, he was uh, manipulated as a tool for uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., a part of the government, in the Winter Soldier, and then he begins to develop his own ideals. And I like how, by the end of his journey... He stands for what the ideals of America should stand for, but don't necessarily do stand for in the present. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think this show will probably tackle that with Falcon becoming Captain America and noting Steve's idealism and uh, interpreting that into his character. And I think this will probably cement the idea of Captain America being uh, that ideal character. Uh, where it's it's not Captain America doesn't necessarily represent America today. It's what America should be. So I I think we'll probably get that. Whereas, of course, we'll have the uh, U.S. agent character who is just a tool for the government and will do whatever they say, blah, blah, blah. Um, the propaganda guy. Exactly. So I think uh, Anthony Mackie's character will Captain America, the new Captain America, will uh, just be a re- reiteration of, no, this is actually what the character stands for. Yeah, I think that's probably correct. Um, I think my one disappointment would maybe be if U.S. agent, this guy who, again, is supposed to be the United States government ideal guy to represent them, if it's like Zemo is the one pulling the strings on that front, so it's like it's not really the U.S. that's the bad guys, it's just Zemo. Like, I do think like if you're going to tackle this story, you should tackle it in terms of like, no, like General Ross, the guy who's like, you know, he's not cor- well, he's not he's not he's not Hydra, but like right. he's just that guy in the government that seems like that authoritative figure. He's mm-hmm. like, no, not you, this white guy, that is buff. It's it's like Hodge, right? In Captain America one, it's like uh, Tommy Lee Jones uh, guy. He was like, hey, no, we got we want this guy. He's he's tough. He's 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 built. He's the America guy. Right. I think if we echo that here and truly make it like, no, it's just a matter of image. That is much more interesting to me than like Zemo infiltrated the government. And like, I I think he will still be like, you know, on the run, he's going to be the main bad guy, but there is that narrative and story of what it means for this person to take up this role. Hopefully will be the center point and uh, really cement. This as a great installment in the MCU. Sure. Um, as for plot, I have no clue where this is going. Um, like, I don't know where the, the, what the A to B thread is. Um, I know you said before that you're, you're hopeful this is more of a sequel to the Winter Soldier than Civil War ended up being. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you still stand by that? Yeah, because, like, I, I think with Civil War, it's like, oh, it's an Avengers .5 movie, and it's just Captain America It has the most screen time. Like... What I love about Captain America, because he's one of my favorite characters in the MCU, is what we were talking about of like his ideals, his agency to step away from the nations he's named after and really do what's right. Like, I I think that's much more interesting. And we touch on that in Civil War, but it's more of like an internal conflict approach than anything else. Like Winter Soldier literally is 
hey, S.H.I.E.L.D., the U.S., you're all Nazis, right? Like, we gotta, I gotta cut ties here. Um, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier could echo that in a different aspect, which we have been talking about today, and, like, how Kevin Feige's teasing, teeing this up, to tackle these ideas in a way that the MCU hasn't before. And I think that's why I'm looking to this to be a Winter Soldier follow-up the way Civil War wasn't, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. Civil War was definitely a Captain America-focused Avengers movie. Yeah. Um, which I love. I think it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, MCU projects. But mm-hmm. I do... Yeah, I totally, I totally get your point of that being not as much of a follow-up on what we got with Winter Soldier uh, than we could have if it was just more of a standalone movie. Um, yeah. But, yeah, go for it. I was going to say also, because Winter Soldier is like a thriller. It, and, like... Totally. I, I wouldn't call that, like, Civil War a thriller the way I could see this also on, like, more of a superficial genre level fill that void. Yeah. Too. But, um, what were we going to say? I'm... I loved the experimentation with wandavision Mm. and i'm not expecting that same level of experimentation but i do like the idea of sort of the return to the like the comfort of the mcu right like this this i think is more of an mcu project that we can we know what to expect from it than we did with wandavision so um i like i like both of those aspects but i do like the idea of going back to sort of like mcu proper you know um Mm -hmm. So that has me excited. Yeah, and hopefully it's a you know welcome return because back to back the next project is also Black Widow unless it gets pushed again, um, which I think also could you know on a more surface level fill that Winter Soldier follow up. But um, yeah, there's obviously going to be a lot to explore with Sam Zemo coming back. That's going to be exciting. Um, I think Sharon is in the show also, and like yeah. uh, of of course Bucky right like seeing him i think could also be interesting cope with what it's like to you know sort of maybe fill in the gaps that we didn't get to see fully with steve of like actually adjusting to being a person again right because steve it happens in between the movies and we there's all those cut scenes from uh avengers one of steve like actually processing all this stuff but maybe through bucky's perspective because he did his little recovery in wakanda and sort of reintegrating back into society i think could be um really interesting to follow for him as well yeah that's a good thread too um i think a lot of my focus from this was on uh sam wilson's character but you're right it is called falcon and the winter soldier so i imagine that billing means that we're gonna have equal focus on both of those characters so yeah that's that's definitely a good uh expectation to look forward to um also i love their back and forth I love the tension between the two, which I imagine will still be there. But I also have to imagine their friendship has been strengthened because of that shared, um, I don't want to say passing, because I don't think Captain America is dead, but close to it, (laughs) of their friend in Captain America. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Do do you know that? Is is Cap dead? Do you think we'll get an answer to that in this? Um... Or is the expectation that... He probably just died a few months after um, Endgame. I I don't like I don't know anything that happens in the show. I have my predictions. Um, there's been imagery that might 
be construed as a funeral ceremony, mm. you know, potentially. So, like, or it could just be Falcon in a suit. Like, <laughs> it could be either. But um, I, I think there's a chance that potentially Old Man Steve has passed. Um, what if that's, like, and, the first thing we get in this show? And that's what kicks us off. Yeah, dude. Like, the, it intros on a news report or something. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, like, cuts to Sam and Bucky sitting on a couch together just watching it being like, damn... <laughs> pretty sad huh yeah um <laughs> but yeah i'm excited to see their back and forth much like wanda and vision that i think had shades of greatness you know in their small time to shine in the mcu i think uh you know sam and bucky also have that uh those moments where they really shine and i'm excited to see that blown up across presumably six hours so um do you think we get this might be a dumb question of course wandavision had each episode had its own theme song, but that was because of its homage to the uh, decades. Do you think this show has its own intro, or is it just the MCU intro, each episode? I bet it has a combination of the Winter Soldier theme and the Captain America like fanfare. Mm-hmm. I bet that's what it is. Yeah. I think we'll still get the MCU like title card each episode mm-hmm. but yeah i i would be that would be nice if we got that plus a little something extra for each episode leading into each episode yeah i think it'd be very very welcome um and of course we're probably going to get a post-credit scene i don't know what it's going to tee up because <laughs> black widow was supposed was supposed to have come out already i have no idea what they're gonna eternals i have no idea but oh, yeah I'm not excited for Eternals. I got to see more of that to actually get my response, my actual response to it. But that's something I'm not excited for. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, any final things you want to throw out there before um, we wrap up, before we leave off and have to experience Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Is is another version of Steve going to show up? Are we going to get some flashbacks? What's... Any wild predictions before we sign off? Um, nothing too wild. I know there's been reports that Chris Evans will, like, return for, like, a couple little things. I don't mm-hmm. think... I would not be surprised if we see him in a scene in this show. Like, Al, yeah. that, that would not be surprising. Um, but this show, I imagine, <laughs> I have to imagine, is more of an action-adventure uh, project than WandaVision was, so... I'm hoping that there's some compelling action in this in in comparison to the sort of lackluster finale of WandaVision with those fights. Uh, I hope there's some interesting like choreography and stuff going on in this show. Yeah, I I, I have hopes for that as well. Um, I think the show's going to have a lot of cliffhangers because I think it could be an instance of it's just a chapter every week the way WandaVision kind of wasn't like WandaVision did feel very separate most weeks until the end. Um, Yeah. I think this could be like a, you know, broken up like a comic book or something where it's like, Oh, big tense moment. Cut to credits. We'll see you next week. And then immediately the next episode picks up where we left off. I think that it might be the way they hook the week to week sort of thing. Yeah. That's a good call. Um, Somewhat similar to the Mandalorian, I suppose. Although I would say probably more focused than that show was. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if 
at the end of this, you could just sit down and it literally is a just through line. I like, I don't think we're going to be jumping much. I think it could very much be like picking it up and putting it down pretty much every week. Yeah, totally. Do we have a, a number of episodes for this show? I believe it is six. Oh, okay. That's a lot shorter than I expected. I could be wrong. I think it's six, but I think they're longer episodes. Mm. That would, yeah, that would make sense then. So, yeah, because this is less weird and it's more typical Marvel, I think we could, you know, settle into maybe 40 minute episodes every week. Sure. Or something like that. But yeah. um, Anything else you want to say before we sign off, Jack? Um, I'm excited. That's all I got to say. Well, where can the agents of Excelsior find you? Sure, you can follow me on social media at Fascinated Jack. Um, Christian and I have our Pokemon podcast. It's called My First Mon. We're playing through Pokemon Emerald. Um, we're approaching the Elite Four. I am about to fight the Elite Four. So by next week, you can hear my reactions to that on YouTube, JoyClicks, or podcast services. How about you, Christian? Sure, you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at ChunTD2. Lots of Marvel stuff on all those avenues. Um, next week, we'll be back with a lot of Marvel stuff. We're going to be talking about that event. We're going to be talking about Hawkeye, the next-gen version, and the first episode of Falcon, so buckle up. Um, this show is available on YouTube.com slash JoyClicks if you want the video version under the Excelsior podcast playlist. And, of course, podcast services, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify if you enjoy it on your platform of choice because there's a bunch of them and you can rate a review on that platform it would be greatly appreciated it is very helpful to us it takes just a second if you enjoy the conversation if you want to get involved further patreon.com slash joyclicks the one and five dollar tiers five dollar tier gets you producer credit on all of our podcasts including this one like chris sakis and aaron easton so thank you very much and um just to put it out there, I did a fact check. Six episodes, each of them will run for about 40 to 50 minutes, according to Kevin Fuggy. Sounds good. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot next week. So I'm excited. Marvel's back. And until then, Excelsior. Excelsior. Excelsior.